Hi everyone. Before we jump into this today, I just want to make a small disclaimer that everything you hear, as far as we were aware, was accurate at the time of recording. However, this global pandemic is changing so rapidly. New facts are coming out, the government is making new decisions, everything is really changing at an hour-by-hour rate, as opposed to a day-by-day rate. So please, always remember, check your sources, fact-check us, double-check everything, wash your goddamn hands. All right, enjoy the special. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Curiosity Killed the Rat. Uh, Fun fact, according to Chinese numerology, number 7 is an unlucky number, so I guess it's only fitting that today is our special episode for episode 7 where we're going to be talking all things coronavirus let's not get copyright striked for this yeah you guys have probably heard of coronavirus by now or COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2 anyway we'll delve into what all of that means in a sec but um I'm Kate I'm a neuroscientist and I'm not at all today's expert but I will try weigh in when I can with with stuff that I've read I am Matt I um haven't done much research on, in fact, any research on coronavirus before coming into this. The only information I really know is stuff that I've seen going through social media, um, addresses from our government, and honestly, just word of mouth. It's my main source of info here. Yeah, and joining us today, really excitingly, we have Ellie Duckworth, who is a Master's of Public Health graduate, um, was specialising in epidemiology and biostatistics with a focus on infectious diseases. Um, And her bachelor's degree is in microbiology and immunology. So obviously she's a very, very fitting guest for us to have on today. Welcome, Ellie. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes, thanks for coming on. No, like this is, honestly, this is so exciting that we have someone who actually... Like I'm glad I don't have to <laughs> bear the burden of, of bringing the bringing the news on this this whole this crazy <laughs> crazy situation that the world has found itself. I think with in. how huge like, this has gotten and the amount of like hysteria and misinformation and the panic that's going around with this, I think it wouldn't have been right for us to just try and tackle this ourselves. We needed to bring in someone who actually oh, no knows way. what they're talking about. No. Uh, I know something, I know kind of what I'm talking about. Like I'm definitely not an expert. Um, My studies have helped me, I guess, shift, sift through the bullshit um, Mm. that is on the internet. Um, You know, I mean, I'm a graduate, I'm a baby epidemiologist, so I guess that makes me a little bit more qualified than your average Joe. But, yeah, definitely not an expert on coronavirus, just – just know a little bit about the topic and um, I just have to keep catching myself to, you know, I'm not allowed to be excited because people are dying, but it's a, <laughs> it's a bloody good time to be a baby epidemiologist right now. So I'll just, yeah, I'll leave I'm it, sure at, I'll leave it at that. I'm sure you're a little bit more than I'm enjoying myself at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah why you aren't know, you for... enjoying yourself, Kate? What's, what's your situation <laughs> right now? Kate? <laughs> 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 cough, cough, oh cough. 
So, yeah, full disclosure to everyone out there. We're actually, like, full high-tech moding it right now and recording from three, not two, but three separate locations because I am in self-isolation. I am in quarantine because I came in contact with the suspected case of coronavirus and I may or may not have some uh, <coughs> mild symptoms, but it's fine. It's totally fine. Everything I'm not going to die. Um, I'm young no, and you're healthy. you're not going to die. Like, you know, if I catch it, whatever um but i'm doing the right thing and i'm self-isolating and that is why ellie is not here sharing a microphone or sharing a you know room with me today oxygen oxygen yeah i yes, I, I am well distanced air. from everyone because because <laughs> that's the right thing to do is it not ellie like we're, we're doing the right it, thing oh it right. absolutely is it's like the best thing that we can do it's probably the only thing we can do that is going to make any difference uh, yeah. unfortunately um, when the virus, as I'll get into later, uh, spreads the way it spreads. Um, yeah, just not being around other people is is your only option, really, mm. uh, sadly. Which is but driving okay. me a little insane. Means. Honestly, I thought it would have been an introvert's dream come true, you know? I would have thought so too, but... It's just normalising my culture of staying in my room all day. It's... <laughs> <laughs> No, I think, I don't know, in theory it sounded good, but in practice I'm going a little bit mad, but mm. that's okay. That's all right. Yeah, I think if you don't have a choice, like when you choose Yeah, that changes home, it, right? It changes it completely. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck. It's like I'm staying actually... home alone because I want to, not because you told me to. Or it's like, you yeah, know, exactly. I want some orange juice right now. It's a legitimate thing that I really, I could go for a glass of orange juice right now, but I can't, I can't even go to the shops and buy myself orange juice because. No, you can't. No ducking out to no. the shops. No. And even I'm not if you've going got a mask to. on, you just stay inside. Um, so that's, I think that's the difference is that like I'm inside and like, I can't even just duck out for a second and then go back to my little mm. introvert Now I've got dream. a quick question. I'm, what I'm, if, um, you know, are you allowed to pop out and do something like go for a jog, even if you like stay away from everyone and like make no contact with anyone yeah. just to get some oh. vitamin d get some endorphins going and not be so claustrophobic so it's i mean this is this is why a podcast like this is so good the recommendations have been sort of all over the place mm. in terms mm -hmm. of what you know the government's saying and what what people are um are hearing um if you are self-isolating because you think you may have come into contact with someone um I don't even know. I think just don't go outside. Mm. People who are in quarantine in their own homes who have been diagnosed, you know, you can go into your front garden and do some exercise in the sun in your front garden. But, I mean, and, again, I'll get into in the biology later, you're able to transmit the disease even if you don't have symptoms. If you're infected without symptoms, you can infect other people. So even if you're in self-isolation, you haven't been confirmed, if you have it and you go for a jog and you cough on someone, mm you can still give it to them. So I think, I mean, until that 14-day incubation period, isolation, I'll get into all of that later, is over, I mean, just stay inside. It's 14 days. Which is fine. I think if you want to be <laughs> safe, yeah. But, you know, but <laughs> yeah. we're doing we it, paper, right? Kate? Sorry. Yes, we've got toilet paper um, and I've got a friend dropping oh, off <laughs> some more groceries for us today. So not going to run that's out of food. Good. I'm going to be fine. Um so exactly. to all our listeners, do not stress about me. I'm going to be fine. But also take note of like how seriously we're taking these like precautions. Cause like, as far as I'm aware, we're taking them above and beyond government recommendation, right? Like, Oh, exactly. That's, that's absolutely it. And it's, it's, that's kind of the, um, that's the double-edged sword of being an epidemiologist, right? Is you make all these suggestions, you tell people to stay inside 
And if people do it and you do your job properly, no one gets sick and people don't think you've done any and work. And then people people think you overreacted. Exactly. So that's the thing. Overreaction is, you know, I mean, obviously we're not going to like shoot people in the streets if they're <laughs> out of their houses. I don't think we're going to get to I that sure point. I hope not. That's not okay. But, yeah, but, you know, it just stay inside for two weeks. Yeah, just yeah. do it. Yeah. I guess that's that's the beauty of having a um, democratic system as opposed to a totalitarian system in the sense of we can strongly advise our people to try and stay inside, but we can't like, you know, you know, grab them and fucking force them inside and things like that. So oh, given I mean, that we, we are can working find from, them and we can arrest true, them. But it means that yeah. in a society like that, the important thing is education and making sure people are informed. Mm. And if everyone's well, informed enough, as, then as they'll make the as, choice on their own to stay inside unless they're a yeah, fucking I was say, anarchist. As, <laughs> as far as Australia is operating at the moment, as far as I can tell, it's a, it's a trust based yeah. system, which is mm. like not necessarily good, but also, you know, you are right, Matt. We can't just, you know, Hopefully people care enough about their fellow people once they've once they've been educated on the subject matter to make the choice themselves to stay at home. Mm. Should we get into like why we're talking about this? Like what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Ellie's oh. launch. Please Go. like just interrupt Have me. I just fun. don't want this to be <laughs> The rains are yours. I know. I don't want it to just be like a lecture. So please stop and ask questions. But um Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I, I could start with what do you guys do we want to start with what do you guys know? and what I can elaborate yeah. on, mm-hmm. or should well, I? Well, Matt, how about you? Because you haven't done any research okay, whatsoever. let's start with Matt. Only just what I've heard. So the main things I know about it are that there's a 14-day incubation period from when you catch it and you're not going to get any symptoms um, until after that two weeks, and that's when you start to display symptoms, symptoms largely being um, fever, coughing, sore throat are the big three. Um, you might also get some other cold and flu symptoms, but those are sort of the ones that I've been looking out for. Washing your hands as much as possible, hand sanitizing as much as possible. Don't touch your face, try and not touch other people. Don't share drinks. Um, you know, practice social distancing, um, particularly also then staying away from or being cautious around, um, older people, um, infants or those who are immunocompromised and those who have pre-existing respiratory illnesses. So asthmatics, people who've had pneumonia in the past, um, stuff like that. There are, there are higher risk, um, individuals. If, so if they do cat, they're not necessarily higher risk of contracting it, but if they do, the consequence could be more fatal than your average Joe catching it. That's, that's, pretty much what I know about the illness itself and how it transmits and how it affects people. Yeah, and that's sort of what is, I guess, your average Joe and, and your average average Matt today. So that's a good um, perspective to have. And, yeah, and I guess that is that is what's being um, presented. So I, I can elaborate on on all that. But, um, I mean, did you want did you want a background? Did you want the history? How, how far do I go? Yeah, as far as, as far as I'm aware, right, so we have we have a lot of different terms being thrown around. We have you know coronavirus first of all. Um, we've got SARS CoV two. We've got COVID nineteen. Yeah. Um, like COVID nineteen kind I mean, of sounds I, like I, a face I, cream. I, if I'm COVID nineteen, you know, it's kind of like an acne treatment. <laughs> yeah. All right. So bye COVID nineteen today, <laughs> and all your problems well, will go away. My favorite one was the that like so what we're doing right now video conferencing calls should calls should be renamed. 
co-vetting. Oh, <laughs> face palm. I love it so. Oh. That's so good. I like that. I like All right, that. well, yeah, okay. So oh, right? I'll just okay. go into a little Amazing. bit. So in terms of the name, so coronavirus is, I mean, it's an accurate thing to call it. Coronavirus is a family of viruses. Mm. Um, it's one of um, many virus types that are um, enveloped, uh, which I, I can explain later, and RNA viruses. So they don't have DNA, they have RNA. Um, so that's it kind of frustrates me when then people just say coronavirus because there are so many coronaviruses. Yeah, because some coronaviruses can cause like just common flu or something, right? Like some coronaviruses. Yeah, you're 100% right. The, there's, um, yeah. So the most common coronaviruses, they circulate endemically, which is just like, I mean, endemic just means it's always in the population, not at significant levels. Um there are large groups of them, um, and, yeah, they mostly cause respiratory gastrointestinal symptoms. But, yeah, I mean, most common colds are caused by rhinoviruses or coronaviruses. Oh, so it's very that. highly likely. Yeah, yeah. So most little kids, um, if you've got, you know, the snotty, sniffly cold, any upper respiratory infections, um, it's it can be a, a coronavirus. What separates what we're going through now um, with the circulating ones is that uh, mm -hmm. the virus that we're seeing now uh, colonizes the lower respiratory tract, so the lungs. So that's what makes it more right. serious and severe than your stock standard circulating ones, which are just upper respiratory, nose, throat, mouth. Um, and we've seen two other cases of lower respiratory colonizing coronaviruses before. I'm sure we've all heard of SARS and MERS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they were all, yeah, they were both coronaviruses that um, colonized the lower respiratory tract. So that's what makes them different. Coronavirus just refers to the shape of the virus, right? It's it's like yeah. it's it's as far as I'm as far as I understand it, it it's surrounded by like a capsid, like an envelope that has little spikes out of it, like yeah, a crown. Exactly. And that's yeah. Why so we call it Corona because Corona means crown in exactly in Latin, and that's language. you're absolutely correct. Latin. I think it's I, Latin. I did yeah. Latin for like four no, years. I, I should Spanish. know that because Spanish? Corona, the beer is a Mexican oh. beer. And a lot of the Mexican right. yeah, language but... is like Spanish. And so, I mean, Spanish, Italian, English, they all come from Latin. So it could be Latin yeah. that then moved on to Spanish and all like yeah. associated. Yeah, I just did like exactly a right. sneaky Google. Um, it's actually of Corona. Yeah. Meaning crown in Latin derived from ancient Greek. In Greek. So oh, well, we apparently wrong. it's just, it just, it's all of, <laughs> it's all of the above, but also none of the above. Yeah. But the reason why they call it that is so when you look at this virus family under a scanning electron microscope, so, um, I don't know how much virology you want me to go into, but this virus in particular has an envelope and on the envelope, mm -hmm. there's like a little halo of proteins, which look like a crown. So you can actually Google it. Oh. We could even put up an image or something. They're kind of cute. Um, yeah. in a weird deadly way. They look like the emoji, don't they? They do like look the, a bit the, like the, the, emoji. the little green emoji yeah. with the, with the little, like, As you know, if. that could be a cell of any kind, yeah. but no, legit that that's like probably more accurate than than those kind of spider virus pictures that you right. see. That's a bad description, but you know, like re like viruses that like have the have the top bit and then the legs. Well, that's a bacteriophage. Yeah. That's Gosh. a virus that infects bacteria. Bacteriophage. bacteriophage. Yeah, yeah. T four bacteriophage. So all coronaviruses look somewhat like that. That's why they're called yeah, so coronaviruses because yeah, they've so got that, that kind of halo around them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's why they're called that. Okay. And 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 anything that's called a coronavirus. So there are different subfamilies of coronaviruses: alpha coronaviruses, beta coronaviruses. Um, but that's, um, I should have researched what that means and I should know this, but uh, they're just subfamilies, but they all have that, okay. that crown and that, that look. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the only cute so, thing about them. <laughs> I, 
I've I've heard the term um COVID nineteen definitely, but I haven't heard the other one that that you mentioned. SARS CoV two. I've the never SARS-CoV-2. heard that before. Getting up, getting ready for this. What? Yeah. So can what? I? Can I? As far as I'm understanding it, the SARS CoV two refers to the virus itself, yep. whereas COVID nineteen is the disease. Absolutely. Right? So just like HIV causes AIDS, HIV being the virus that causes the autoimmune deficiency syndrome of AIDS, um, SARS CoV two because it's it's similar to the SARS virus, which is why we're calling it number two yeah. in COV for coronavirus. Exactly. Um, causes COVID-19, which is just coronavirus. 19 being 2019 was when we saw yeah, our first exactly. cases. So COVID-19 yeah. is the body's response to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Yeah, like the symptoms that come from it. So what, yeah, what happens when you get infected, whereas the SARS-CoV-2 okay. is the virus. I can, yeah, so I can talk a little bit more about that. So so basically, originally they weren't sure whether it was going to be um, more similar, you know, before they did the genetic sequencing and things like that, whether it was, it was SARS again or uh, whether mm-hmm. it was like a mutated MERS or something like that. But basically what they found is... Um, this SARS-CoV-2 is very closely genetically related to bat coronaviruses and a bat coronavirus is what mm-hmm. um, caused SARS in 2003 through an intermediate um, species. It doesn't just go back to human. It has to go back something else human. Uh, in 2003, SARS was bat civet human. Um, today they're sort of... And hypo- civets are like a little cat, yeah, aren't they? little cute little things. They're like a little... We can put a picture up. Yeah. I heard that. Anyway, tell, sorry, um, keep going. Not yeah. important. No. I heard how that that's that's how this virus started because someone in China ate a bat. No, and... so that's incorrect. I, oh, that's God. A, yeah, no. that's a mythbuster. So, that, yeah, that's that's what I've heard. Okay, yeah. let's kill some myths. Okay, well, that's a myth. We'll kill this myth. So um Go, Ellie. it's highly <laughs> unlikely and uncommon that um bat viruses jump directly into the human population. There's always a spillover event that includes an intermediary host. Um, For SARS, as I said before, Mm -hmm. it was the civet. Uh, For MERS, it was dromedary camels. And they are thinking, Mm -hmm. and again, we won't know more until the outbreak's over. pangolins. Pangolins, yeah, exactly. Those weird little armoured yeah. Little armadillo type things. Yeah, oh, and they the, are. They're yeah. like ant eel- eaters with, with scales. Yeah. They're super yeah. cute. I want to hug one, but no, I don't. Um, the closest thing the world has to <laughs> Not anymore, you don't. No. Yeah. And so basically, <laughs> yes. because of that, even though it jumped from like through a pangolin, ta- from a taxonomical perspective, um, this SARS CoV 2 is like a strain of the species of the SARS mm-hmm. that we saw in 2003. So it's similar to that. Okay. Um, Interesting. But, you know, a lot of bat coronaviruses are different. There are some that are similar. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not a geneticist. I don't know what jumping through a pangolin versus a civet has done. We'll know more about that. But, yeah, that's why it's called SARS-CoV-2 because it's, it's very similar to SARS. Um, and, yes, that's the virus name. I wish it had a better name. SARS-CoV-2 isn't, you know... Doesn't roll off the coronavirus tongue. is catchy and clip baity, no. so that's what it's been going yeah. as, I guess, <laughs> I because SARS COVID two isn't headline worthy enough. No, not really. COVID nineteen, I guess, is the yeah, disease COVID-19. is a bit more. Yeah. I've seen some fantastic, like, well, well some fantastic a... memes of you know yeah. 
people who say coronavirus versus people who say COVID-19 and people saying COVID-19 just looking far more refined and elegant. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, insert Will and Defoe here the, saying, the you know, the, I'm something of a scientist myself. Yeah. As long as you don't yes. call it Wuhan virus, because that's just racist and xenophobic. And oh, I've seen people yeah. do that. Like there's a reason why we don't name mm, virus Chinese yeah, virus. Like piss off. Sorry. It's like, it could have happened in any country um, unluckily, China just has a massive population, and in order to feed that massive population, mm. they hunt wild animals, and it's bound to happen. Like if you know, we all mm. suddenly had to live on Australian bushmeat, I'm sure we would have some funky outbreaks too. But yeah, I just hate it. Yeah. Whenever I read an article that has like Wuhan virus, I just close it immediately and send a passive-aggressive email to the editor, mm. like piss off. All right, rant Good. over. So Good. what do you guys want to know? Do you want to know about um, the SARS outbreak? I mean, because in terms of emerging in- infections, we always learn from the past. So um, obviously this outbreak mm. is different to SARS, but in understanding what happened there, we might be able to understand what's happening now. Give me a, um, a brief rundown of the SARS thing, because I don't actually know too okay. much about it, because in 2003, I was only six years old, so I'm not actually too knowledgeable about um, that particular epidemic or, or yeah. what happened at that yeah. time. Perfect. Easy. All right. So SARS. SARS was probably the first coronavirus to cause significant disease in the human population. Um, as I said before, uh, circulating coronaviruses cause a mild cold. But um, end of 2002 basically um, saw just this cluster of atypical pneumonia. So people that were really sick with lower respiratory infections, but they weren't, it wasn't like a normal pneumonia, didn't respond to um, antibiotics. Usually pneumonias are um, bacterial, mm-hmm. secondary bacterial infections. Yeah, so the first signs of the outbreak were late 2002 in November, and I'm really sorry, I'm going to butcher the pronunciations of the Chinese names because I'm a horrible human, in the Guangdong province in China. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a similar thing to what's happening now. There were open-air markets where... Um, Animals of all different species were sort of held in cages near food preparation areas. Um, Excrement happens and um, spillover events occur. But um, what happened was from these markets, a couple of cases of this atypical um, respiratory symptoms appeared. Um, The first known case, I think, was an official from this village, like um, a village official. He was admitted to hospital with this pneumonia and um, five of his family members, five maybe, maybe not five, but his family came down with this illness too. Um, Over the next few weeks, there was 35 people became infected and there were eight deaths by December 25. Uh, They all had these similar symptoms. Yeah, this atypical respiratory infection. Uh, The first official statement released by China was on January 3rd, 2003, um, which basically completely nullified anything. They said that there's no epidemic, there's no need to panic, no need to buy preventative drugs. Um, people panicked. Sounds familiar. They bought um, mm-hmm. all of the <laughs> antibacterials that they could buy, all the supplies. Um, but what about the toilet paper? I, do, I don't have any. Was there toilet, the toilet paper? paper. Pro- there was toilet paper in two thousand three, oh, okay. Matt. <laughs> I mean, there was toilet paper, but you know, um, it's interesting how hysteria manifests in different yeah, ways over different. Very, years, very know. much so. This is um, true. But yeah, so basically, interviews with patients and medical staff. Um, sort of after the fact showed that 
Originally, it was all sort of spreading in hospitals, so patients within hospitals would pick it up from other patients and healthcare workers would get it. Um, so it was sort of just a hospital thing mm -hmm. at that point um, until it started moving up outside of hospitals. They called it the breath taker because people couldn't breathe. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's like I ominous know, as I know. That's very badass. Yeah. Yeah. Take a horrible breath <laughs> I like away. that. Yeah. I mean, I don't no, like that. No, it's different. They couldn't what? breathe. Um, very sad. So, yeah, so I think um, – and this is critical of the Chinese government, um, and it's not what they're doing now. So what they were very consistently doing back in 2003 was not reporting actual numbers. And it's, you know, I mean, each country has their mm. own, um, you know, you can be private about things like that. And, and I guess when it was just a countrywide outbreak, sure, but it very quickly became a global outbreak. Yeah. Actually, it became a global outbreak due to people um, that became super spreaders. So they're people that um, for some reason they just like have a lot of virus. And so when they are in the public, they just spread it to a lot of people. So super spreaders, um, they actually called one of them the poison king. So he was transferred from one hospital. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> he was transferred from one hospital to another hospital. What a burden to bear. You'd get that tattooed on you, wouldn't you? I would. <laughs> I king. so would though. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's. I don't know. Is that something he'd want king. to remember? I think he died. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit sad. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah, um, so late January. I regret making such jokes. Um, so late January in 2003, medical officials were, like, fairly certain at the time that it was a viral infection that was spread by respiratory droplets. So I'll do a quick intersection here, the difference between airborne mm. and mm. respiratory droplets spread. Um, so respiratory droplets okay. is mm. uh, when you cough, the little virus is in the little water particles that you cough or sneeze out, um, and they can obviously go quite far. They can go, you know, metres in front of you and they can land on surfaces, um, but they do eventually land. But they can't go, like, 10 metres. No. Because right? I had I had, a, I was having a discussion <laughs> with a friend the other day and she was like, someone told me that coronavirus can jump 10 metres. And I was like, I don't think that's true. You have to have the lungs so I want to just like make that. this official podcast question. Yeah, that's that's not a thing, right? That's definitely I'm just imagining coronavirus accurate. being like having the same intro to the old school Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful <laughs> than a locomotive. Can jump 10 metres in a single cuff. The coronavirus. <laughs> oh, that would be terrifying. My but not quite. No. Not quite. So it can't actually do that. No. I mean, it's okay. dependent. That's reassuring. It's dependent on the force of the human cough. Like if you, you know, your lungs aren't that strong, mm -hmm. your body's not that strong. And that's different to like an airborne virus like measles where as soon as you start talking, you're like excreting measles just mm -hmm. in the air. And then that. Oh, I love it just that goes everywhere so that you know that's the, it's the virus is light and it's not in droplets so it can just mm. stay in the air it can just live there and just circle around have a party in the atmosphere this is jumping ahead a little bit to one of our listener questions that we'll come to but like given it's not an airborne virus like are face masks doing anything we see a lot of people out yeah. there wearing face masks and whatever like i mean face is masks that gonna help like they'll help a little bit um they're not I've, been, I've had some issues with the way the government has dealt with the face masks. So they were telling people not to stockpile mm -hmm. them because hospitals and people who actually needed them weren't able to get them. I think a mask is if you say you know you have it and you're going to a doctor to get tested, then wear a mask because if you cough, you're less likely to 
cough mm. it out. Um, if you're healthy and trying not to get it by using a face mask, I mean, I don't know what the reduction of infectivity is, but I would suspect it's very low mm. because really you're picking it up from surfaces, you're picking it up. I mean, if someone coughs right in your face and you're wearing a mask, viral particles might still end up on your eyebrows. You might then touch your mm. eyebrows and then wipe your mouth. So I think masks are good if people want to feel safe, but I, I worry as well if people are wearing masks, they become complacent mm. about hand washing. And also, like, from my experience of when I've had to be in, like, the animal lab and I'm wearing a mask, like it's a different type of mask, but still, like, a face mask, I, I find I touch my face more. Yeah. Like, I fiddle with it. It gets uncomfortable. Yeah. I sweat under it. So I'm trying to, like, let some air yeah. in. I feel like I'd be more likely to touch my yeah. mouth if I was wearing a mask. So, I mean, so sure, that's not clarify, the case for everyone, um, but... To clarify two things quickly, firstly, this modern iteration of the coronavirus, the SARS-CoV-2, that Mm -hmm. is a water droplet spread one, not an air Yeah, no, respiratory droplets. Much much like the old one. Okay. Yeah. And then the other thing, so masks are better at preventing the spread from yourself to others as opposed to Mm -hmm. preventing the actual infection coming to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not like a complete cure-all, but it might help, but it'll help better from preventing your spread to others rather than the other way around. Absolutely. And, okay. and, and just don't hoard them because dental clinics, uh, people who are infected and need to go to hospital can't access them and they're the people that need them. So, mm. I mean, again, just isolate, just stay home. I mean, that's the safest part. On, on isolation, um, for my own personal situation, I, I live in a share house of, of four people. Um, if one of us feels like we've come into contact with someone who might have it and, and we feel that we need to self-isolate, does that then mean everyone in the house then needs to self-isolate because we've already come into contact or should they all get out of the house or if I like stay in my room and don't interact with them much in common areas? Um, yeah, what, what's the deal with... Um, family houses and share houses where there's multiple people yeah. living. And this is where it's been frustrating because there's been no advice from the government. And again, this isn't, you know, anything that is official. It's just my thoughts. But I, if I was to mm. come down or if I was to come into contact with someone, um, I'm currently living with my boyfriend and his 68-year-old father who's, you know, at risk of getting very sick. If I had come into contact, I would myself stay in one bedroom and not let my boyfriend um, touch me, come near me until I did or didn't show symptoms. Um, That's just me. I'm a hypochondriac. Uh, I would make sure that my boyfriend waited on me hand and foot, brought me on my meals, you know, so I didn't have to go into the (laughs) kitchen. Um, If you're self-isolating because you say, Kate, you know that you've possibly come into contact with someone but you don't have yeah. symptoms yet. So my housemate is also self-isolated. self-isolated. So I would, yeah. So as a blanket rule, I think if one person in your household has come into contact with it, you all need to self-isolate. I, I, and again, that's not okay. I, that's not representative of any universities I've been to. That's not representative yeah. of any people that I'm affiliated with. I just think to be safe, if you've come into contact okay. with someone who is sick or you think you have it, you can't guarantee that you're not going to put it on a surface and your housemates aren't going to touch that surface unless you have four wings of the house. the other factor real quick. Yeah. The, the, the other factor with, with, with um, one, of, one of us is, um, is, uh, is an asthmatic, 
which puts him at a yeah. higher risk as well. So I wonder, does that change things at all? So if we all self-isolate together, but one of us is a high-risk individual, does that increase his chances of um, getting it then? Again, if he's isolating with a bunch yeah, of so potentials? Possibly. But what you can do is you can uh, just do smart things. Like uh, he shouldn't be in the kitchen at the same time as anyone else, shouldn't be in the bathroom at the same time as anyone else. Every time you all leave the kitchen, leave the bathroom, wipe down surfaces, you know, you've just got to be hyper aware of what you're touching, where you're going. At the end of the day, if you don't touch your hands, lick your fingers, cough into your hands or whatever, it's not going to be on your hands. It has to get on your hands from your mouth. So if you're going into the kitchen to make two-minute noodles and you wash your hands before you touch anything, then you make your two-minute noodles, make sure you don't touch your face, then wipe everything down when you leave it's a pretty safe option. I'm not going to say that you're not going to pass it on. I'm not going to say that you will, but it's just about being smart. Like the method of transmission is mouth onto hands or arms or whatever onto surfaces, then from surfaces right. onto hands, onto face. So if you're not touching your face, if you're not coughing into your hands, there's no virus on your hands. It's not going to go on the surfaces. So it's just understanding, Freaky. yeah, it's just understanding the, the modes of transmission and, um, and and cleanliness. So we're doing a thing at our house where Liam's dad is making us dinner because I can't cook because I could give it to him. I don't think I have it, but he's old and he, that sounded terrible. Yeah. You're not old, Grant, I'm sorry. He's older. <laughs> um, he's older and he he's a thinks higher it's risk older than he's a higher risk. And he thinks it's safer for him to prepare the meals and him to do the cleaning. And if Liam and I, if I need to make a cup of tea, I just wipe everything down afterwards. So it's, um, it is hard when you're living in big share houses. I've got friends that live in like a six bedroom share house and you know, there's like one bathroom. It's just being smart. It's just not salivating everywhere, not sneezing everywhere. It just, yeah, you just have to have clean hands essentially. Cool. And don't lick each other's That's faces less. or something weird like that. Oh, fuck. Damn. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Matt. <laughs> you should have led with that. Shit. <laughs> it's fine. All right. We'll figure yeah. out what to do. Now we stuff. know. <laughs> yeah. No licking eyeballs. Elisa um, and I have been doing this all wrong. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. And just licking sitting each other's apart. eyeballs. <sighs> Such a good yeah. pastime. Um, but yeah, and if he's really, really concerned, he could, you know, self isolate somewhere else. We did talk about that, my mm. boyfriend. And his dad and saying, you know, if we get it, maybe we do go stay in a hotel for two weeks, you know, then you burden the hotel mm. staff, blah, blah, blah. There's all these questions. But, yeah, it's – um, and, again, everything's changing day by day. It's really hard to to know. Yeah, to it's know, changing yeah. so rapidly. Even for me, like someone like, who's yeah. on top of it all the time, I'm, like, read pretty much everything that's come out. I am not sleeping. Mm. I am not eating properly. Yeah. I haven't eaten breakfast today. I've had Easter eggs. Um, <laughs> Actually, me neither. Now that you pointed out, that's not. Yeah, I that's had not a banana. We support breakfast. Why am I the Our healthiest here? That's wrong. Yeah. And you're three hours ahead of us as well. So we've had three extra hours of daytime to eat food. Yeah. <laughs> three hours. I was behind. reading articles. Mm. Three hours behind. Yeah. Sorry, that's yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah. We're three hours ahead. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, boy. Yeah. We got so distracted. Mm. We were talking about SARS. Anyway. <laughs> Should right. we go back to yes. stars really quickly? The outbreak. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, so so let's, 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 let's go back to stars. Thanks for we were um, talking stars. <laughs> stars. Yes, so we Ooh. got onto viral infection spread by respiratory droplets. So um, yes. basically dissemination of information was really difficult. At the time, it was standard practice for the Chinese government to keep information between only the highest public health officials, so not even the people in the country really knew what was going on. Um, however, oh, once other countries... Scary. 
yeah, it's pretty scary. They did not do that now. People that are saying they did that, they did not do that now. They absolutely okay. learned. They admitted okay. their mistakes at the time. I'll get to that. So um, the government basically didn't tell anyone about it. However, there were other countries that started popping up with this disease. Um uh, the Chinese government had on February 11, 2003, they had a press conference that minimised the seriousness of the outbreak, um, which sucked because then people were like, oh, it's nothing. That meant that people who were sick were leaving countries. There was a Toronto uh, woman who was staying at a hotel in China who got it. She went back to Toronto, a Chinese-American businessman who went back to Hong Kong, um, mm. Beijing, there was, yeah, so there was this one hotel actually where a super spreader stayed and spread it to all these people that basically took it to the main epicentres of the outbreak. Mm. Anyway, it all came to a head at the end of February. A parasitologist named Carlo Urbani alerted the World Health Organization about this pneumonia um, because he had treated this Chinese American businessman in, um, I think it was in Hong Kong or he was in Vietnam, I can't remember. Um, anyway, he treated one of the patients from China and seen that all, like, several hospital workers who'd come down who'd come into contact with this patient had come down with this pneumonia then there was the Toronto woman she ended up dying in a hospital in Toronto and five of her family members were also found to be infected um so this basically this Carlo Urbani who actually ended up dying from SARS because of his exposure to the patients um fun fact to minimize that sadness Kate Winslet's character in Contagion is based off Carlo Urbani. So um, if anyone's seen Contagion, it's my favourite movie. There you go. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Kate. Now I feel like I shouldn't because Kate, I'm... how are we friends? Well, I... <laughs> I'm sorry. But also, like, I can't watch it now. You absolutely can. <laughs> Not while we're in the middle no, of... On can. the contrary, now's the perfect time we're in the middle of, of, of a pandemic. I've watched it twice this week. Gosh. It's kind of like watching aeroplane, like watching Lost on an aeroplane or something, you know? Yeah, or watching the Titanic uh, on a cruise ship. Anyway, mm. more Yeah, big no from me. <laughs> big um, no from me. Yeah, so basically it all came out on the 15th of March 2003. The World Health Organization was notified that there was this mm-hmm. um, massive outbreak. That's really interesting that it's the same time of year as as this as well, just 17 years later. Oh, that's a good time. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to I that. I wonder if seasonal. Oh, okay. I, I, yes, I, no, ooh, seasonality is a, a myth to bust later as well. Um, okay. okay. Yes. Um, yeah, so March the Who was notified of it um, and uh, they were put, like, travel bans were put in place and things like that and, um I think it was at the end of March, the Hong Kong University discovered the causative agent was this coronavirus and um, Mm -hmm. people were shocked because before this, a coronavirus had never caused a serious disease, as I've said before. Um, But the Chinese government was still reluctant to give out to give out information on those who were sick. Um, They were still reporting in March numbers of infected in the low 300s but a retrospective count Mm. estimated 1400 were infected and um oh boy that's a little different. yeah a little different Mm. um and 137 dead compared to i think they said 12 were dead so the transmission yeah 10 times more yeah yeah it was bad um and they have admitted they've since admitted yeah (laughs) they did admit fault and they haven't 
repeated those mistakes again. So I do want to make that very clear that they have. Yeah, okay. I mean, the dissemination of information is amazing that we sequenced the genome in January of this virus and everybody had access to it. You know, people are removing paywalls for publications. So what you would normally have to pay Mm. for is free Mm. of access. There's open lines of communication between universities, hospitals. It's absolutely not the same as it was in 2003 in terms of secrecy and security so, so I just want to make when that it very first clear. emerged though like in we're talking like like november 2019 like was was there secrecy then because i feel like I've, I've read or i heard something about the government hand like the chinese government handling it poorly initially but then they've done like a full 180 and now they're handling it yeah. well or if they so, handled it well from the start was that just like a myth i mean i think i mean it's sort of a myth and the truth they they never really hid that there was an emerging disease, I don't think. What was mm. hidden was where it came from because the wet markets where it originated aren't, uh, I don't know if they're illegal, but they're not. you're not supposed to have yeah, okay. meat for yep. consumption and live animals in the same place, and this market had well, that. Well, there's a lot of, you know, animals that shouldn't be um, yeah, captivity. Exactly, yeah. So I don't know whether, mm. I don't, I mean, I just have to go back and look at, those articles from November and December, Mm. but I don't think there was a strong, there wasn't strong evidence of them hiding the fact that there was infections. I think there was downplaying maybe the source of the infection. Um, But yeah, that since you know it's it's since we lost control of it it's it's all been very open and very um yeah but can you you can yeah. imagine it would be not embarrassing but you can imagine you know SARS happened and it came from a similar area you can imagine that the government officials would just be like not again like, especially oh. from a, a government system mm. as um I guess prideful as as China's yeah um, and 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 state secrets are state secrets exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. um but no in terms of in terms of since it became and and you know had they been more open about it early it still would have spread it's not like them being slightly closed off kept it spreading it's a very highly infectious thing there was no way it was going to not yeah I think how uh, the the Chinese government either managed or mismanaged the situation that's that's that that's a little bit more um political than anything else yeah I think. exactly yeah, regardless whether they did a good job or did a bad job it ended up spreading and that's gotten us to where mm. we are now in a situation and, now where yeah. we can research more about the disease and know more about the disease and they did um, a better job than in 2003 so that's the yeah. point i want to make is yeah. people that Credit are like oh they're doing this again yeah. no they're not yeah. it's been it's been okay. very very respectful and very um uh, very honest yes yeah, so basically the outbreak of sars in 2003 um, kept spreading. It did begin to recede in Hong Kong due to community measures such as self-isolation. So it has been shown in the oh, past to work. Familiar. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, as of April 1st, there was 2,300 people infected, 255 dead globally. The numbers in China were still being mitigated in April 2003. Mm-hmm. Um Mid-April, though, they revised their numbers to 2,200 infected and 305 dead. So eventually they did mm-hmm. um, release the, the real statistics. Um, yeah. And then the, that sort of, I hate to use the word authoritarian because it sounds like a bad word, but it's not. It is. It's different to like a democratic country like Australia. But basically the authoritarian aspect of China, which sort of allowed the outbreak to persist 
in the state secrets, we mm. won't tell anyone anything, ended up being a real positive because um, after initially restricting all the information about SARS, which fueled the outbreak, they went on this massive mobilisation of the people afterwards to put in these really strict practices, um, possibly a little questionable in terms of civil liberties, um, like staying literally inside your house, you cannot leave. Mm. Um, but mm. it this is where public health becomes difficult. How much do you restrict civil liberties to stop the spread of disease, yeah. you know, it's it's a tough yeah. question. It's a classic, you know, authoritarian versus libertarian argument, free yeah, versus exactly. security. Exactly. And um, that's the line we have to sort of straddle in public health is how much do we restrict people's lives in order to prevent spread versus mm. how much do we Especially let people Especially because do- we are, uh, you know, we're a democracy, not a... Um, we're, we're, we're not in an authoritarian No, absolutely nation, not. As no. far as Australia goes, and compared to other democratic countries like America, America is also democratic, but they're a lot more authoritarian. The president holds much more executive power than yeah. our prime minister does. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we got to think about the, the ethics and how much a government can restrict people when yeah. the people have a bit more, uh, I, I don't want to say freedom, but, you know, yeah, I guess freedom than Well, societal freedom. There's a, more, there's a societal, societal liberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that, I guess that's what we can talk about later in what we're doing now. But yeah, once that sort of happened in, in China, the, the outbreak started slowing down and, um, it, uh, it sort of slowed down by July and uh, there were no new cases after July, I don't think in the world. Um, so that was SARS. That was, you know, sort of, the, I, w- I don't want to say the parent virus, but it was what our, our current virus is, is similar to. Um, so that was, you know, huge economic costs, obviously huge cost to life as well, not as severe. I mean, with this is what we're going mm. through is so much more severe in terms of cases and deaths. Just want to clarify that what we meant here was that COVID-19 is more severe in terms of sheer number of cases. However, SARS was more deadly in terms of a number of deaths per case. But um, this was the first big sort of huge outbreak of something in maybe 50 years so this was really intense do you think like is is it is it kind of like almost a second wave of SARS or is it different enough that it's like it is its own oh no it's definitely its own thing thing. it's It's not like the SARS virus from 2003 has been hiding somewhere it's it's definitely it's just because bats carry a lot of coronaviruses they're little disease petri dish vectors so they'll carry similar ones Mm. So the SARS 2003 was a coronavirus that jumped through into the human population, mm-hmm. and this one is a similar one from a bat. So it's slightly different, but it's yeah, okay. similar to the 2003 one. And obviously it gets differences depending on which um, intermediary animal it jumps through. So in contrast to SARS, which had this, you know, like it was really well known, even how old was I in 2003-9, I was aware of something. In contrast, we had another mm-hmm. coronavirus um, outbreak in 2012 called MERS, which was, stands for Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. Um, the intermediate, intermediary animal for this one was camels, which is fun, dromedary camels. Alice the camel has mm. one hump. And, <laughs> and this, yes, similar situation, jumped from bats into camels, camels to humans. So it was first ice. Goddamn sky I know, rats, I'd have to eat bats. the camel. Uh, eat the camel, be around the camel be spit don't camels spit or is that alpacas no camels yeah. spit as well i'm not sure if you have to eat spit. or just yeah. be exposed i should know that we mm. can google it i i don't know no, much sorry. about the um uh 
Middle Eastern nice. culture and how much proximity people get to their animals and that sort of thing. But I can imagine, you know, they, they use camels as trash. I don't think they eat them. I thought they were. Is that a massive? They don't. They don't. I imagine it would be like catching something from a from a horse would be the comparison for Western yeah, countries. Possibly. You know, mm. you, you get a lot of close proximity to them. You're grooming them. You're washing them. You're riding Cleaning them. You're shit. camping with them. You're doing long expeditions with them. You might be mm. lying on them. Um, again, I know next to nothing about Middle Eastern culture and practices and that sort of thing. Mm. That's just my best guess based off yeah. Yeah. reading the fucking yeah, alchemist no, once. Yeah, like, that's fair. Yeah, so basically <laughs> the first... MERS, yeah. So the first case was um, the first isolated case, sorry. So the first case that they knew of was in June 2012 from a Saudi Arabian man who died of an atypical pneumonia and renal failure. Um, retrospectively, though, they figured out, retrospectively, though, they figured out this wasn't the first case. There was actually mm-hmm. a cluster in Jordan. Um, a family in Jordan also died of this thing. Okay. Uh, and there have been a handful of outbreaks since then. So most outbreaks of MERS are regional, are limited spread outside of hospital settings, and most of the infected cases are those that are close contacts of your index case. Um, since it's first appeared, it, there's been outbreaks in Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, South Korea, and some other countries have had small clusters. And the last statistic I read, as of December 29th, 2019, there's been 2,499 diagnosed lab cases, 461 deaths, and 84% of the reported cases are from Saudi Arabia. So that's a big contrast to SARS um, in terms of its um, what it actually did, but people were really scared at the time. So they, I remember there being a big, um, mm. like a news thing about it, like it's the new SARS, MERS this, MERS that, and it didn't end up being uh, as bad, which was good. Um, so, yeah, that's a good contrast of the two prior coronavirus outbreaks. Um, we can sink our teeth into novel coronavirus, COVID-19. Well, yeah, my customer's going to be like, so are they... I'm not I'm not too familiar with the distinction between like a pandemic, an epidemic, an endemic. Yeah, okay, I can you know, in terms of like SARS, MERS and this. Even new stuff novel. like swine flu, COVID-19. bird flu, yeah. Ebola, yeah. stuff like that. So you know, the big the big sick boys over the Because <laughs> I feel few like we we haven't had anything quite as significant in terms of the oh, impact this is the on first big global pandemic since I think since Spanish mm. flu, nineteen eighteen. This is the first like Spanish yeah, this is the, yeah. Big, yeah. the first big one. Uh, this is the first big global pandemic of something other than influenza. There was Spanish flu in 1918, a flu pandemic in the late 1950s, one in 68, the 2009 huge pandemic swine flu. And then obviously there's been the HIV AIDS pandemic um, since the 80s, which peaked in the early 2000s. So this is the first big non-flu respiratory pandemic. I remember thinking like... Even just like a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of on in the camp of, I don't know why people are getting so hysterical about this. I mean, we've seen like a thousand different, you know, supposed outbreaks before and they've all blown over. It's not a big deal. People need to chill out. Mm. But that's not the case, no. is it? This is actually a little no, and bit... And the, the World Health uh, yeah. Organization doesn't declare a pandemic willy-nilly. You know, it's a big word. It's a scary word. Mm. Um, but if we just want to do some cu- a couple of definitions, um, so endemic is um, mm. something that is constantly circulating in the population at low levels. So... Uh, like the flu? No, the flu... 
No, the flu we call – so seasonal flu is actually an epidemic. So, um, oh. yeah, there is endemic flu. So there are flus okay. that circulate. But if you're looking at winter flu, that's actually a flu epidemic. So um, okay, Because then. it spikes. Because it spikes. So, yeah. Time, right? Yeah. So in contrast to endemic, an epidemic is um, a widespread occurrence of infectious diseases in a community at a particular time. So that's why we call – Right. the winter flu and epidemic um, and you get epidemics of Ebola that was an epidemic so that was um, okay. yeah so Ebola virus does circulate there are um, areas where it's mm-hmm. kind of always around but that um, West Africa outbreak in 2014 that was an epidemic because that was like a big spike widespread and um, also spreading to other areas where it doesn't normally spread um, whereas a pandemic mm. is um, is it's it's sort of global spread. It's um and I don't I don't think it's uncontrolled spread, but um, it's a disease epidemic epidemic that has spread across large regions, like multiple okay. multiple yeah, continents. I think from what I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but what I read was that to be declared a pandemic, not only did it need to like appear in other countries and across like country borders but there needed to be community spread within those countries yes. so if the only cases in all these different countries were people that have flown yes. in from overseas yeah. then it doesn't count it's but then as epidemic. soon as you're passing it on yeah as soon as you're passing it on to other members of the community and then others members of the community are passing it on to other members of yeah. the community within several different countries that's when it's a pandemic yeah, absolutely right? yeah so um, if we had only got and Imported cases from the US or China. Um, I don't know how many other countries, mm. when we had our first cases, were infected. Uh, we definitely had cases before mm. the Wednesday last week announcement of the pandemic. But um, yeah, I, I think in like the sub definitions, yeah, community community spread. For, for it to be a pandemic, there has mm. to be sort of epidemics in multiple countries. Right. Yeah. Is an example of um, an endemic something like chickenpox? Um, Would that be endemic because it doesn't really spike but it's just always kind of vibing around the place or common cold i don't want to say yes because i'm not sure i think endemic endemic would be like what's an example you would give of an endemic (sighs) an endemic would be actually maybe chicken pox an endemic is something that occurs at like a predictable rate so um like dengue fever in tropical areas maybe malaria would be endemic there are there are outbreaks where you have a spike um but um endemic is something that's sort of consistently circulating i mean the best the best example is your common cold you get summer colds you get you know like a rhinovirus is probably endemic but yeah malaria is a good Mm -hmm. example and yeah your tropical your tropical diseases in um in tropical locations yeah, I suspect. epidemic is just an isolated spike. Um, so things like Ebola and that, or your seasonal flu. Yeah, in a, de- in a um, determined period of time. Say if um, the seasonal okay. flu spiked and never went down, um, I don't know if you would call that an epidemic or maybe just a new level of endemic because endemic... An endemic, but now... It's just more. There's more scared. constantly circulating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mm. epidemics are definitely a spike in in a mm. certain period of time. So I guess a, a good point to clarify then the the status of endemic, epidemic, or pandemic um, doesn't necessarily denote the severity of the illness, more just how commonplace 
it is amongst people and how many people are catching it. Because, like, yeah, it's about if you're spread, calling both the common cold the... and malaria are both endemics, one but, is you know, significantly malaria yeah. is far worse than the common cold. So, mm. even if the co- if if seasonal flu then became more red, it would change from an epidemic to an endemic. However, that doesn't make it any better. It's no, yeah, yeah. So, the, the, so endemic, yeah. pandemic, epidemic don't refer to like individual um, severity of the disease that has been classified as that. So mm-hmm. you could, I, you could have a mm-hmm. pandemic of, say, if this coronavirus didn't kill anyone but it infected everyone, you could still call it a pandemic. Yeah, because even though it's a my, if like if, if it was a mild thing, if everyone suddenly caught the cold, that would be a pandemic. It just means the world has the sniffles, but it's still a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So p- pandemic is just, just yeah. yeah. How much of the world has it? How much of, are we fucked? Okay. We're not fucked. Everything's fucked. <laughs> interesting. Well, I think that's probably a good a good place to sort of tie up segment yeah. one. Yeah. Um, we'll tie up our part one here, and we will come back to you with a part two where we're going to dive in if you sent us some listener questions we're going to dive into those we're going to keep going deeper um so tune in yeah thanks everyone for listening and uh tune in to part two for the continuation of this big bad corona special catch you in a bit curiosity curiosity curiosity